I read from Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 20. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words of that prophet shall speak in my name. I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes, preserve, presumes to speak in the name, in my name, a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. Well, the big game's next week. One thing about its being in the evening means that we're in, in uh, Eastern time zone and we won't have to miss church to catch all the pregame stuff. However, people will be huddled around their TVs as much to watch the commercials as to see what happens on the field. And advertisers will spend millions of dollars to attract our attention and try to get us to open our wallets to buy their products. The ads will be creative and memorable. Many of us remember the ad of a few years ago where the Clydesdale kicked a field goal. More than a few of the ads will feature celebrity or familiar representatives to help push the merchandise. Some of the celebrity pitch people get connected to the companies for a long period of time. Who can forget William Shatner hanging up his Captain Kirk uniform and start hawking for Priceline.com. Or, if you are of a certain age, when retired slugger Joe DiMaggio 
moonlighted as Mr. Coffee. Now, you younger people are not shaking your head. Brooke Shield rocked Calvin Klein jeans. And Michael Jordan donned his Hanes underwear. They became so connected that we remember them years later after the products have gone into retail obscurity. Those celebrity faces added authenticity to a product, or at least on the surface. The greatest basketball player in history likes tagless undies, for example. Well, you should too. But as often as a celebrity spokesperson helps a product line, many of them have done more harm than good. Consider these cautionary tales. Jared Fogle was featured in every Subway commercial for 15 years because they lost 245 pounds eating their sandwiches. He was imprisoned in 2015 for sexual misconduct with children. It's no surprise that you don't see him on Subway anymore. Michael Phelps was pitching Kellogg's cereal when a video of his smoking marijuana in 2009 and a second DUI in 2014 got him bounced from the cereal hour. Now, he has regained some of the endorsements. Americans apparently are more forgiving of winners. Tiger Woods and Lance Armstrong are two more that were taken down by scandals. And they lost their sponsorships. Of course, such behavior isn't limited to commercial endorsements. The church has had plenty of its own high-profile pitchmen to get caught up in scandal and damage its reputation over the years. Those who presume to speak for God are watched even more closely than celebrities to see if their conduct and character match the message they are preaching. Moses knew this was going to be a problem for Israel. So he spends a little time in the later parts of Deuteronomy offering up some criteria for the kind of people God calls to be his spokesmen and women. And at the same time warns them how to spot a fake as well. The question for them is the same for those as for us who preach and listen to preachers. How do we know the difference between the real prophet and a religious pitch person? I heard just this week someone say, be careful of those who say they speak for God. 
How can you tell if someone is on the up and up? Or if he or she is leading the people into spiritual bankruptcy? In Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses offers two criteria for a real prophet. First, the prophet will be like Moses. Second, the prophet will be raised up from among God's own people. In other words, real prophets will speak and act in line with the law of God and whatever they prophesy will affect them as much as the people because they have been called out from among the people. These are important distinctions because they ground the prophet's work and word of God in the community in which God calls them. Moses' warning is especially important in an age when it's possible for anyone to download messages from a host of celebrity preachers. These are preachers that are not personally attached to our real-life communities by miles and miles of satellite signals. Many people in our day assume that if someone has written books or has a huge online audience, he or she must be a prophet. They may very well be, but it's not a given. The thing is, that a true prophet may not have the fat book contract or TV show. Their people know them, warts and all, and their message is often difficult to hear. Here are a few of the telltale signs that you are hearing a pitch man instead of a prophet. Number one, it's all about them. A pitch man is in the business for the benefit received from hawking a particular product or agenda. Thus, he or she is more likely to use their platform to manipulate others toward that end. When a person begins with an admonition like, God told me to tell you, or God gave me this vision, it should put you on a high alert. History is full of those who claim a special hotline to God and have led people to destruction while they have lined their pockets or fed their own selfish impulses. In verse 20, God through Moses warns his people to watch out for those who speak in my name a word I have not commanded the prophet to speak. 
because the word is usually their own word. A real prophet is more likely to suffer from the word he or she is bringing. Consider the trials of Jeremiah and Isaiah or John the Baptist or the disciples of Jesus for just a few examples. If God calls you to be a prophet, God's doing you no favor. Another sign of a pitch man or woman is they're holding up other gods. God warns against prophets who are actually pitch men for other gods in verse 20. For Moses, that meant idols of the Canaanites. But there are still plenty of gods to go around today. If your prophet is making promises about your financial prosperity, for example, that should be a major red flag. I've heard preachers say if you tithe, God will make you rich. Uh, I've tithed and I haven't gotten rich. The biblical prophets were more concerned about poor than rich, as was Jesus. Money was part of an unholy trinity for the pagan gods mentioned in the Bible. The trinity included money, sex, and power. It is not that any of these are bad in and in of themselves. It's that they make good servants, but terrible masters. If a prophet speaks a word that places wealth, sexual license, or political agenda over and above the word of God, you have a pitch man for a set of gods. You don't have to read far in the Bible to realize what kind of destruction that causes. A third sign is their character doesn't match their message. This one seems pretty obvious. If someone is pitching a gospel they are not willing to live, then he or she is a religious peddler. Paul warns of such peddlers of God's word in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 17, and urged people to seek those who speak and act like persons sent from God and standing in his presence. In Matthew 7, 15 to 20, Jesus warns his disciples against the false prophets and religious pitchmen who come as wolves in sheep clothing, but whose real character is revealed in their fruits. Real prophets may not be the most eloquent speakers, but their lives speak volumes as the truth of the message they proclaim.
The fourth and last sign we find in Deuteronomy of a pitch man is their preaching comes to nothing. Through Moses in verse 22, God offers the people a surefire way to tell whether God has spoken through a prophet. If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, but things do not take place or prove true, it is a word the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. A real prophet knows the difference between his or her own words and that of God's. In 1 Corinthians 7, for example, Paul differentiates his own advice on marriage from the Lord's advice. And so many words, he admits that what he says is his own opinion. And we and most of us don't agree with some of those own opinions about what he says about women. For instance, there are not very many of you women that have your heads covered today. These are good criteria for both preachers and congregation to evaluate themselves and one another. Amen. Please stand, number 249. You're here today to associate with our church, either by confession of faith or a transfer. We invite you to come as we sing this hymn. Oh, 
And you gifted your people with the law and the land. And they were confounded with idols and lies. Then you spoke Women see me. 